Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. We're going to jump right into the scriptures, and it's a beautiful passage. It's one of the parables of something that gets lost, that Jesus teaches on. And we don't often look at this as something that refers to multiplication, but I believe that God is going to speak to us exactly about that. And here it is in Luke 15 and then in verse 8. Now it says, suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and then she loses one. Won't she light a lamp? sweep the entire house, and then search carefully until she finds it. And then when she finds it, she will call in her friends and neighbors and say, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost coin. And in the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels, even when one sinner repents. Now, one of the things about this passage is that Jesus is telling a sequence of stories of things that get lost. In the first story, in Luke chapter 15, he talks about a sheep that wanders off, loses its way, and the shepherd goes after it. In this story, it is about carelessness. Something that is so precious, even to the possessor of it gets lost. And it isn't because she didn't care. And it isn't because she wanted it to get lost, but it did. And sometimes that happens with us in the areas of our life that we can sometimes take our attention off of. This story is about something that has great value but somehow, some of it is lost. And in this case, it's one lost coin. And the story that we're looking at, it's a, a woman who at this time is doing what anyone would do, which is she's going to do everything in her power to recover it because it is precious and it has value. Not just sentimental value, but it has a monetary value as well. There's something about shipwrecks that has always fascinated me. I, I love watching documentaries. I love watching treasure get recovered. I've always had a dream that I would one day own my own metal detector. Anybody else? I don't know what it is, but I've always seen that crazy guy on the beach with the metal detector, and I thought, one day that's gonna be me. <laughs> I feel like there's purpose in that for me somehow. There's something about uncovering, discovering, and maybe finding something valuable that just intrigues me. Well, I was just reading on shipwrecks, and I look up shipwrecks often. It's one of the things that I love to do because there are so many over the centuries that have been lost at sea. And today's technology with its 
submersibles and how they are like self-automated where they can just be brought down to incredible depths with incredible clarity. I mean, you're looking at images that are taken by a submersible um, that was able to go to a depth of 900 meters. That's how clear the image is now. And so they know, even before they invest any kind of money in terms of trying to recover something, that they can, they can do anything in terms of shining a light on that, no matter what the depth is, and then recovering that treasure. Now, the, the first image that you're seeing here is of a ship, and the ship is called the San Jose Galeon, and it's a ship that sailed uh, from uh, Spain, and this is the holy grail of shipwrecks. People have been looking for this for a very, very long time. And it was first found off of Colombia's coast in 2015. But when a treasure like this is found, then there tends to be disputes between countries. So Spain wanted it because it's saying it's theirs. Colombia says it's off of our shores, it's ours. And uh, Bolivia and even Peru, uh, because their treasures were on the ship. And so everyone had a, a historical record and a tie to what this shipwreck had to offer. And at one point, Colombia was a uh, colony of Spain. And so as a result, uh, Spain wanted to have this treasure uh, for the realm. But the Colombian government has now made an announcement just in the last few days that they are not gonna give the treasure back. In fact, they're not even going to sell it. They're going to create a museum and keep this treasure. Now, imagine that the value of this treasure is $17 billion. That's, that's the, and now, the people who bring it up have to like really document it all the way through to make sure that nothing is taken. And so there's going to be a lot of eyes on this treasure to make sure that nothing is taken that isn't supposed to. Now the thing about this treasure in particular is that they found one ship, but in the search for this one ship, guess what? They found two others. And so it seems like in looking for one, they found more than that. In hopes that there would be some treasure, they've, they've discovered that there is so much more that they could have even imagined. And so this particular ship is a representation of sometimes how our lives are like. Now, you may not look at yourself and think of yourself as a shipwreck. <laughs> but I'm gonna say that I am a shipwreck. And, and I'm gonna say that I went to a very deep and dark place away from my purpose and away from the light that was supposed to guide me to shore. And, and God stopped at absolutely nothing in making sure that I would once again be found. 
And I want you to imagine that no matter where you've been in your life, no matter what you've gone through, that God has a powerful and specific purpose for you. That you are of infinite value and wealth. And here's the thing, it is beyond even your comprehension. Now that treasure, interestingly enough, gained value after it was lost. And sometimes when we lose something, or we lose ourselves, or we lose sight of who we are, or we lose sight of our purpose, we may think that we have lost value. But what God is revealing, what he's showing us, what he's demonstrating is that because that is never the case with us, so it isn't the case with this sunken treasure. Now that it's been found and it's brought to the surface, this treasure has more value than ever before. Can we say amen to that? More value. And so your life is just like that. Now the first thing I want to talk to you about in the story that we're in, and it is an important one. We're going to move past this illustration and, and I want you to think of what it means for us today to put ourselves in the position that this woman is in. Because the image of the lost coin is this. It's lost jewelry. It's a piece of the jewelry that's been lost. And, and this is what they did is that they would wear this even as a headdress and the, all the coins of what was in essence her dowry was worn as part of her attire. And this would be taken out in special occasions and whatnot. And if ever it was needed, then one of the coins could always be sold. Uh, and, and then it could then fund their life and their lifestyle and, and what they would need it for, even in terms of being able to purchase something or get into business or sometimes even just simply to survive. And so it was very important. Now we don't know if this woman was, was married already or if she was still single, but in the context of the story, it doesn't really matter. What matters is that this is what she wore and this is what she had lost, a precious coin. Now the thing about a coin is that it always has an image on it. And, and when a coin has an image on it, it always reflects a sense of governorship or authority on that coin. And I don't know if you see this and if you understand this or not, but in the story, Jesus is saying the image that is on every one of those coins is the image that is on this life. And the image that is on this life is the Heavenly Father's image. And that when this coin is lost, this woman will do everything she can to recover it because in essence what she's trying to recover is her lost image. Now there's something about imagery and mythology and there's something about understanding how those two things can sometimes play together and sometimes be at odds with one another. 
And sometimes we don't understand our origins. We don't understand how those origins reveal a purpose. And I've often heard people say, I don't know what my purpose is. And they kind of go through life and they feel that their life is just not meaningful because it doesn't seem like they are making a real change or a real difference Every day they wake up and sacrifice their time and their talents and their treasure to try to make a life out of the time that they've been given here on earth. And sometimes it can feel like we're like that sheep that wanders off in search of something better when it should have stayed where it was or the coin that was part of a collection but makes a break for it and tries to go out on its own or a ship that is filled and loaded with, with goods of infinite value but on the way, on the journey, something happens and in the story of the San Galeon, the San Jose Galeon ship that was actually um, shot by and with cannon fire from the Brits and it was sunk. And sometimes someone can come into your life and take a shot at you. Someone can come and take you down and something can happen tragically to interfere with your journey. And in the process of, 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 of just like going somewhere, you never get there and you end up sinking where you are because you were just under attack. And I hear people sometimes use terminology like, I really believe that, that Satan is after me or there's demonic powers and forces against me. It seems that whenever I try to make something of myself or advance in my life that something happens to, to destroy that and to destroy me. And instead of being where I imagined I would be, my life, what it's supposed to be, I'm here instead, the bottom of this ocean, loaded with treasure, but now never to be recovered. We sometimes imagine that something that is so precious, something that is a piece of the feeling and the purpose of what we were supposed to be and have is gone. And this woman, she does something, she just starts to look for it. Have you ever looked for something that's been lost? I was doing some landscaping the last couple of days at my house and I lost a hedge clipper. It's been driving me crazy. I have looked absolutely everywhere. I, c I can't find it. Now, probably I loaned it to someone and I can't remember who. And that's probably what happened, but I, I don't even know who to reach out to. It's like, it's gone. So after searching for it for several days, leading up to the day that I knew I was gonna do this work, I just, on the second day, I'm like, I, I need this, I gotta get it. And my wife's like, no, find another way. I'm like, no, I, I can't find another way. I mean, I could, but it's gonna be like with scissors. I, I'm not gonna be like out there for hours cutting it. I don't even have like a good clippers or anything. It's just like I have a small hand scissors for gardening. I go, it's not going to work. I need the, the, the hedge. And I, I swear, I, before the Lord as my savior, 
I did not do this because I wanted to add a new tool to my collection. I, I, this, is, this is not what happened at all. But when you lose something and you can't find it and you really need it, and you're desperate to have it in the moment that you need it, that's when you really start to look for it. Does that make sense? And, and I believe that this woman had lost this some time ago, but when she went to get it because she needed it, she realized that something was missing. Now, I don't know how you are, but we don't always notice what's missing in us until we get to that moment. And when we get to that moment, then we realize it's no longer there. The scriptures tell us that it fell off somehow. It got lost. And she makes a decision to obviously light a lamp. And that tells you that where she is is obviously dark and she needs more light. And, and when you need to see what's missing, you're not going to be able to do this on your own. And, and, and that's where God comes in because the first thing he wants to do is he wants to shine more light so that you can find that which is lost. And then when we're lost, one of the things we do is that we stay in the dark. When we're lost, we stay away from the light. When we're lost, we stay away from the one who is the light. And we imagine that just because we know that it's missing and just because we know that it's lost and just because we have found things before that have been lost that we would find this too but what the story reminds us is that some things can never be found they can never be recovered they could never be seen again unless we go to a more powerful light I want you to imagine what it looks like for you in this moment and season in your life to finally see clearly because of the light that is God that is shining brightly in your life. And then I want you to imagine how if there isn't enough light in your life right now that God is able to give you more light so that you can finally see things with greater clarity. You know, when the light goes on, it does a couple of things. It doesn't just illuminate the space. It illuminates your life. It gives you hope like never before. You feel like now you have a chance. You feel like now what was in darkness no longer is. Now you can see every part of the room. That which is lost can now be found because you've got enough light to finally see it. You see, God doesn't just come in to shine a light, to show you where you're shipwrecked, to show you where you're lost, to show you what is lost, to show you what's broken and how you're broken. He shines the light to give you hope. He shines the light so that you can move from a place where things are lost to a place where they can finally be found. I have experienced setbacks in my searches to recover that which is lost. And I believe this woman experienced her own, like she was going through things that didn't necessarily add up to what we thought would happen in the story. I don't know, but sometimes someone comes along and with just a thoughtless comment, 
it can just make us feel lost all over again. A comment can get us so down and so discouraged that we can sometimes just give up and walk away. We can stop fighting, stop searching, stop looking. And we do that in relationships all the time. We do that with people. But I want to just turn it more to the attention of, are you doing this with yourself? You see, there's something beautiful about this story because it isn't just about searching for a lost coin. The story is searching for one's soul. Jesus tells the story because he wants us to understand that we are all searching for one's soul. The larger meaning of that which is lost is seen and understood in this coin. And so we need to understand that what God has in store for us needs to be understood in light of this. So are we searching for a coin or in the story, are we searching for one's soul? And the value of the item is, is not what is the most important thing in the story, obviously. But it's the fact that your soul is the jewel that God himself is searching for. And, and this, this woman is doing everything in her power to find it again. Searching and looking for it. Doing everything possible. Because it is a prized object. But what about how we can devote too much of our attention to practical concerns and neglect the deeper regions of the inner life that we allow to turn to a wasteland? When this coin is lost, it's lost in the dust. And I want you to imagine that when God formed us, he formed us from the dust of the earth and then he breathed life into us. The story that we're looking at is a coin that gets lost. It gets lost in the dust. And, and nothing can grow in such neglected soil. So what God does is that he has to breathe life into it. Now, if you don't breathe life back into yourself or let God breathe life back into yourself, then that which is lost, that which is just dust, that which is just in the ground, in infertile soil where it cannot grow into what it was meant to be. If you don't allow for God to breathe life back into you, then you can never recover that which was lost. God wants you to experience multiplication in your life, but he wants you to understand that that begins with him breathing new life into you. Recovering you, forming you, shaping you, breathing into you. And he wants us to understand how important this is. In this story, you're going to read these key words like worth and value and face and, and lost and found. And, and the symbolism in each of these and other key words, they open up the wisdom of this ancient tale. Because the soul does not live on the surface, but it is in the hidden recesses of our heart. And it is in the hidden recesses of everyday moments just like this one. 
And it is there that we can easily, out of carelessness, lose our identity, lose our image, lose our face, lose our purpose. But first, we have to understand that God says there are steps that you can do to regain your soul. The first thing he says is that we see that this woman turns on the light and then she begins to sweep. Now, there are um, images like this one that kind of give us an idea of what this looks like the kind of household it would have been and the kind of sweeping she would have done and the way she would have went about trying to recover the coin that was lost. And, and this image may mean that we would have to develop our purpose in the clarity of God's light and his lamp. And the Bible tells us that his word is like that lamp. It is a light that he puts in the room is a light that he puts at our feet and he gives us just enough light to be able to see what we need to see. Now I want to see as far as I can possibly see. Now when I go camping, which is once every decade, I, I did it during the pandemic with my brother, my son, and my cousin. We went out to this uh, really far away uh, place with just, you know, just not, with nothing, basically. And, and it was like a, a little lodge, and it was fun. We, it wasn't, it was horrible. And my, <laughs> and my son said he would never go back again, ever again in his life, he said. This is after I bought him galoshes, and I bought him a whole bunch of gear, and, and he fished new fishing rod. Anyways, the point is, a lot of money was spent. Uh, <laughs> for not a lot of fun. But we, we, we went anyways, and, and one of the things that I, I knew I needed was a good flashlight, you know? And so, I, I, and I went to get this flashlight, and I know that there are flashlights that, you know, you can have, and they can shine a bit of light, but I want, I want the flashlight that shines across the lake. That, that's the one, if I'm gonna get something, I'm gonna try to get the, the best thing that I can get so it lasts forever, even if I never use it again. I, I want it to last. Because I figure I'll, I'll, I'll someone will borrow it <laughs> and I'll never get it back and it'll bless someone, just like my hedge clipper. I'm sorry, I can't let it go. And so, and so we're, we're gonna do careful searching with this light. I want you to imagine that, that God is such a powerful light that he doesn't just give you light for the moment, but he can at least point you in the direction that you need to go. And, and, and I think that sometimes we lose sight of that. You know, sometimes I just need someone to point me in the right direction. Does that make sense? Like, you don't need to give me everything. You don't need to tell me everything. You don't need to explain everything. You, you don't even need to figure it all out and then try to get me to really understand it and apply it. Just sometimes all I need is someone to just point me in the right direction. And God's light does something beautiful. It, it doesn't just light up the area, but it, it, it lights up the direction in which you're supposed to go in. And there's something that happens in the process of sweeping. Sweeping away 
dust. Dusty ideas. Dusty attitudes. Dusty understandings. Dusty spirituality. Dusty faith. A dusty way of seeing and understanding the world that we live in. And seeing that what God wants us to do is that in the moment in which he lights the room and provides hope and direction, he now says, it is time for you to sweep. Nothing that is lost can be found unless the action on our part of sweeping takes place. You want to see multiplication in your life? Then what is God asking you to sweep? You want to find what is lost? You are not going to find it unless you start to clean up the areas of your mind and your heart and the areas of your soul that you have forgotten about that need attention right now. And so God is saying, will you begin to do that work? Now, what happens when she does the sweeping? After the action of sweeping, we know that she actually finds the coin. And so God is saying, I will be the light, but you got to sweep. Sometimes I want God to be the light and the sweeper. Anybody else? I just want him to do it all. Come on. Like I am lazy on, on the best of days. Like... I know that there's spiritually, like, the, the least I can do and, and still see blessing in my life, I'm all over that. And we are so used to that because God is so gracious. He's so merciful and compassionate and loving that, that even when we don't do much, we experience multiplication. Because he wants us to be blessed. He wants us to live out our purpose of multiplication. But he, imagine if we got up off the ground, off of the dust, and began to sweep the dust away. The, the, the coins that we would find, the treasure that would be recovered, the change that would occur, the soul that would be found to be able to live out our purpose like never before. This woman begins to celebrate because that which is lost is found. And God is saying, I, I need you to get this. Every single one of you has lost something. And I think sometimes I'm not even aware that I have until I went to look for it. Until I needed it. And then I realized that what I needed was nowhere to be found. And that's what happened with this woman. You don't realize you've lost it until it's too late. And that's when you've got to take the step. Lord, I'm going to come into your light. Lord, I'm going to do the sweeping that you're asking me to do. I'm going to look everywhere and I'm going to recover that which is lost. And God is saying, if you do this, here's what I promise you, you will find it again. Can you say amen to that? 
Hey, you know what these stories are about? It's not about what gets lost, but it's how that which is lost gets found. God is trying to tell you that that which is lost can be found again. And then what the woman does is that she brings everybody together for a celebration. She's not going to celebrate this on her own. She could have just kept it to herself. But she goes into the story of how she had lost it in the first place. How she herself felt lost. How she didn't know what she would do because this was so important. I know that many of us right now are feeling lost. We're feeling like if, if God doesn't show me the way, I am not going to live a purposeful life. I'm not going to live a life of multiplication. I'm not going to experience the joy of seeing that which is lost found. I'm not going to be able to celebrate this with my friends and family. But what God is showing all of us is that we cannot think this way. We cannot believe this, not even for a moment. I don't know what God wants to recover in your life. I just know this. There is always something to recover. And whether we realize this or not, whether we're the sheep that wanders or we are the coin that is lost out of carelessness, something always gets lost. But these stories, what they remind us in the principles of multiplication, and that is that that which is lost can always be found. And so you know what it is that you want to recover. But then what happens when you open up yourself to God and ask him to show you what's been lost and needs to be recovered? It might be a different image. It may not be the same story. Sometimes I have pursued something that was lost. And let, let me be clear on this. It's not always the case, but there have been moments in my life where God has shown me that is something, Lorenzo, that should stay lost. You don't need that. That is something that I made sure in a way that you would lose it because that was going to be your shipwreck. So when you're in the light, God shows you the things that you should go after, the things that you would want to recover, the things that are lost that should be found. Not everything should be. And that's why it's important to not just trust your mind and your heart, to not just believe in your emotions, but to open yourself up to the light and to the guidance that it can provide so that it can show you what it is that you should go after. What you shouldn't stop looking for. What you should trust and believe God with all of your heart that that which is lost can be found again. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Can we just pray together and ask that God would just be that light in our lives and in our hearts right now? That he would show us what it is that we would need to know, what we would need to see, what we would need to understand. And so, Father, as we turn our attention to you and as we ask that you would shine your light ever so brightly on our lives, that you would remind us once again of what it looks like to live a purposeful life. We may have lost something out of carelessness and we may have lost something 
that was of great value, but Lord, you are able to shine that light and give us the determination and the passion to begin to sweep the room so that it can be found again. Lord, you are with us in that search. You will show us what it is that we need to do. You will reveal the areas of our life that need to be cleaned so that that which is lost can once again be found. And so, Lord, in this moment, we understand that you are a God who loves to rescue, to recover, and to restore. And as we come before you, we ask that you would do that in all of our lives, that you would help us to experience a blessing that only you can bring. Lord, we are grateful for all that you have done so far for each of us. But we also recognize that there is more that can be done and more that can be experienced. I pray that we would not be complacent, but rather that we would be mindful and purposeful of all that you have in store for us. And so, Lord, because we have all lost something, I pray that in this moment you would make it clear to us, each one of us, if this is something that we are to come before you and diligently seek until it is found. I pray that you give us that clarity right now and that you would give us the blessing of recovering it and then celebrating that which was lost has been found. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only he can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening and God bless you immensely.